Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, and was it all a dream? Vince McMahon is back as chairman of WWE, Adam Cole is back in AEW, but don't kid yourself, wrestling is as topsy-turvy as ever. Stephanie McMahon has resigned from the family company, and rumours of a sale of WWE continue even to Saudi Arabia and whisper it quietly to AEW. My name is Jack Murley, joined every week by co-host and professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. This year keeps on getting more and more bonkers. Well, we were all just idiots, weren't we? As if he was ever going to be gone, really. Like, looking back at it now, what were we thinking? He was just going to go away long enough that it quieted down, then bam, he's back. So, yeah, what is it? It's the 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Everyone be careful. It's the 13th of January, and um, it's already almost as mental as last year. Well, look, let's get into it. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. We want your thoughts on everything happening in wrestling. And there's only one place to start with WWE's corporate turmoil. Last week, we speculated. Now we know Vince McMahon is back as executive chairman of WWE. Nick Khan is sole CEO. Stephanie McMahon has stepped down from her role as co-chair. Rumors of a WWE sale continue. There's speculation that Disney, that Comcast, that the Saudi Public Investment Fund, and even the Khan family, i.e. owners of AEW, may all be contenders to buy WWE. We'll get into all of that in a tick. We spoke last week about why many are uncomfortable with Vince McMahon coming back. But in terms of business, Charlie, the man has executed quite a power play here. Yeah, it's a business stroke of genius, isn't it? We we spoke last week about all our thoughts around the personal issues of Vince coming back and the problems a lot of members of staff at WWE may have personally, so we won't retread that ground. If you haven't listened to last week, we, we get into that there. But from a purely business point of view, the man's played a blinder, hasn't he? Like, he's he's an old man, but he's clearly very switched on still, is what I was going for. Business acumen. I think we forget that sometimes, because he's almost a cartoon character, because he's so over the top in how he looks and the way he talks and he walks, and he's just ridiculous. He's a hell of a businessman. I think we forget that sometimes. We all have to go with silly old Vince. He's played an absolute stormer here. He's back in power. He's probably going to have more power than he's ever had before if he wants to wield it. And it will not be long, I don't think, until we see the um, the Vince McMahon fingerprints all over creative again. Well, we'll talk about creative in a bit, but you're absolutely right. We've got this fella here who, a matter of months ago, for reasons that are well-documented, was asked to leave WWE. Do do not fool yourself that Vince's retirement way back when tweeted out before that SmackDown that took us all by surprise, where he said, I'm 77, it's time to do something new. That was not Vince McMahon's choice. He was booted out the door, and it's taken him months to find a way back in and to bring his people back with him and to flip the wrestling world on its head. He had a strategy, I think, in place if this would ever happen. It was like he had an escape hatch he could pop back up through. Yeah, he he knew what he was doing. And four months in a business sense is nothing. He's back yeah. in a blink of an eye. How long before we see him on TV, do you think? Well, this is my question I want to ask you, do, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Are we getting Vince McMahon back as Vince McMahon business person who created this company, who knows this company 
better than anyone else. And if you were just looking at this neutrally, is the best person to negotiate a sale? Or are we getting Vince McMahon back as the guy whose fingerprints are everywhere? Can he be anything but the Vince McMahon whose fingerprints are everywhere? I don't know if he can. Unless he literally just wants to get rid of it. Unless he's like, I want to sell it now and cash in, which I don't think he does. He loves this thing too much. He won't be able to help himself being involved. He's too hands-on. He just wants to be involved in everything. Creative, television, talent development, talent recruitment, everything. He, he, he won't be able to just do a little bit. Well, and also, if you are one of the companies buying or vying to buy WWE, if indeed a sale happens, don't you want Vince? Like, what what part of the value of WWE is WWE is a content, and it's a telly, and it's a characters, and it's a WrestleMania, but it's Vince McMahon. He is part of that bargain. You you want him there, don't you? I, I would have said that until you've seen how successful the last four months have been. I think if I was buying it now, I'd be more inclined to have Triple H. Really? Over, yeah, because, over all that Vince has achieved? Yeah, because as much as Vince has achieved, and Vince, Vince is a genius. Vince forgets more in an hour about wrestling than I'll ever know about it. I don't pretend to know more than him or be wise than him or anything like that. But what has happened with Vince is there's definitely been, when it comes to purely his creative control and on-screen performances of WWE, I don't think anyone would be able to argue that there hasn't been a steady decline in the last few years and that it coincided perfectly with him stepping away and Triple H taking over that we really saw an increase in the product on screen. I think, I do think that is something going forward that I'd like to stay the same is Triple H in charge creative. Now, now one thing, and this is quite a lot of speculation as for the why, but we know the what we know that Vince McMahon last week when we were talking, had put out a statement saying he has full confidence in WWE's current management team. We know that when Vince came back as executive chairman, Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, and one part of that management team decided to quit. There is palace intrigue galore there. This isn't as peaceful and easy as those anodyne statements WWE put out would indicate. Oh, to be a fly on the wall at the McMahon Thanksgiving dinner. Um. Yeah, I thought Stephanie's statement was incredibly professional, wasn't it? She made a very good reason and excuse of she had stepped away. She had to come back. So now's the perfect time for her to step away again, enjoy retirement and being with her family and all that stuff. And lovely. And if that is the truth, I'm over the moon for Steph. But it isn't the truth, is it? She's clearly livid that dad's back. It just, for me, is is remarkable because... The business, what is happening backstage at WWE from a business point of view is as interesting as anything they can put on screen. We have a situation where Vince says, I want to come back as chairman. And if you don't let me, I'm going to stop you doing business in terms of selling your media rights. The board says, absolutely not. We don't want you back. And there's stuff that's going on in the background that might be made public if you come back. Vince says, I'm doing it anyway. And then Steph quits. And and it, it is just remarkable. It, we said last week, a succession in spandex. I don't think we even scratched the surface. No, this is going to rage on because where does Triple H fall in this? Like, where do his loyalties lie? He's a huge key player here. There's just so much 
to go on. Like, there's so much yet to happen in this. Now, one thing that that really caught fire earlier this week and then was dampened down was speculation. And you have to be so careful when stuff like this is going on until it's confirmed and double confirmed. But speculation that WWE could be sold to the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. Now, that was dampened down. That was based on some reporting by a couple of sources, which were then checked out and, and apparently isn't happening. We don't know either way. But that caused a lot of consternation, the idea that WWE could be sold to the Saudi Public Investment Fund. How would that strike you, Charlie, given everything we've said about Crown Jewel, about Greatest Royal Rumble, all those shows previously? It absolutely wouldn't sit comfortably with me on a human rights and trying to be a good person uh, standpoint. From a wrestling view, I think it would be catastrophic. Really? I think, yeah, I think you see some of the views that that government and that business will hold around entertainment and who's allowed to do what in entertainment. And I think it would be huge steps backwards. Um, I saw a lot of people online saying if that was to happen, they'd stop watching. Mm-hmm. I completely understand that. I think if I was to say I'd stop watching, I'd be a hypocrite because I still have watched bits of the Greatest Royal Rumble. I've watched bits of Crown Jewel. I watched, I know it's Qatar, but I watched a fair amount of the World Cup. I don't think I would... I, I watch Newcastle United and Manchester City play football. Um, I don't think I would stop watching, but I think my interest would wane because I know they have in the Greatest Royal Rumble, Crown Jewel, the Qatari World Cup, again, that my interest was not as high on them because I do have uh, personal issues with the way uh, their government run a lot of the policies they do. I won't get into it. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. We've been over it on this podcast before, but their human rights thoughts are not what human rights should be, in my opinion, let me say that. So I think from a personal point of view, it would be tougher to watch WWE, and I think my interest would wane. I'd still dip in and out, but I don't think I would be as interested in WWE. Uh, I think it would be catastrophic for the product, and I think it would drive a lot of people to go and watch AEW as their main show. I would struggle. I, yeah. I I I would struggle. I can't say hand on heart, I wouldn't watch WrestleMania. I can't say that if something great came up, I wouldn't watch it. However, it, it did make me think twice about whether I would buy money in the bank tickets, for example. It, it does, in my mind, have that sort of impact. And I think whatever happens, it is reasonable to say that the Saudi government at least would be being considered as investors, because if you're a big multi-billion dollar company and you're trying to sell, then they're going to be considered by anyone. Here's the interesting one for me. AEW buying. Now, it's, it's, it's never going to happen, but it could happen. I just said, imagine Thanksgiving dinner with my mans. Just imagine that moment around the car and dinner table when they just go, so, um, shall we address the elephant in the room? WWE's up for sale and we've got loads of money. What do we think? They are wealthier than the McMahons by some distance. They are in the wrestling business. Now, Vince McMahon is still the majority shareholder of WWE. I think Vince McMahon would do pretty much anything rather than sell to AEW, which only started three and a bit years ago. But from a business point of view, could they buy WWE? Yes. Would it be the most hilarious thing to happen in wrestling ever if AEW bought WWE? Of course it would be. Here's a question for you, Mr. Murley. Yes. Put your hypothetical hat on. Okay. AEW by WWE. Love it. Go for it. 
Is that bigger than WWE buying WCW back in the day? Yes. Yeah. A- anyone buying WWE is the biggest story in wrestling for decades. Any, I, I don't care if it's a Saudi government, if it's Comcast, if it's Disney, anyone buying WWE is the biggest story. For it to be another wrestling company <laughs> and a wrestling company that was set up three and a half years ago explicitly to be the alternative to WWE gobbling it up. It's not just the biggest wrestling story ever. It's one of the biggest business stories ever, potentially. And there is that much chance, that much it could happen. And that's all you need is that much chance. I really hope Disney buy it just because I want them to move the network onto Disney Plus. That'll save me a tenner a month. <laughs> yeah, come on. All right, Vince, if you're listening, we know you've got your big strategic considerations, but Charlie and I are in a cost of living crisis. If we could combine our subscriptions. Look, we've done enough on this. We don't want to do too much on it because if we keep doing it, we'll be out of date because the trouble with pods at the moment with WWE is moving that, so fast. That was mental last week. Jamie, Jack and I were texting. We record at half eight on a Friday. By midday, pretty much, and the podcast goes out about three, four, five-ish, depending how busy Jack is because here's, here's an inside look for you all. I sit here for 45 minutes and I talk, and that's all I do for this podcast. Jack edits it, produces it, does all the hard work. Yeah. Um, so by the time it was like midday, I was like, Jack, we're we're already out of date here. This is moving that fast. He was like, yep, this is not good for us. And and every wrestling content producer felt the same. Look, that, that it can be it's a fascinating business story, but it's also a bit miserable. So let's move on from it and let's actually look at what's been a really strong week in wrestling. After the break, we'll do WWE. Before it, we'll do AEW Dynamite, who put on a really strong dynamite. Uh, AEW put on a strong dynamite for another successive week, highlighted by the return of Adam Cole. Page- Baby! Yeah, and the end of the Elite uh, Death Triangle series. Adam Cole is back. How good is that to say? Oh, I'm so excited. Everyone who listens to this knows what Adam Cole fan I am. I have missed him dearly. Um... So great to see. It's just an out-and-out surprise as well. No rumour of it. Just his music hit out of nowhere. Um, great to see the reception he got. Crowd went wild for him. Great promo. Little swerve with I've got bad news. I was like, oh, no. Ah, bad news for everyone else. Yes, Adam. Um, yeah. That really, phrase, really... by the way, did it make you think of bad news, Barrett? Yeah, I was like, it's weird coming out. Um <laughs> Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant news. Um, I think they've got to really capitalise on pushing him hard now as one of their major baby faces. And he can still be a bit of an arrogant so-and-so, but he's so popular, so hot. Everyone's just so happy to see him again. He hasn't got his um, elite boys with him anymore. Like, they're not around. So let's push him push him hard as a, as just a really big baby face, I think. What I liked is, and we talk about concussion a lot on this show because of what you do. What I like is he didn't shy away from what that concussion meant. And I think that's a really important change in the world of wrestling. There was a point where concussions were almost laughed at or they weren't taken seriously. The fact that he said, no, no, here, here's what I was dealing with. I couldn't sit in a car. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do that. But I'm back. I thought, good for you, not shying away from the reality of what that meant. It was almost a career killer for him. Yeah, I, I think it's really important. I think it, across all sports, I think we go, oh, just a concussion has been said quite a lot. And touch wood, a lot of us, I know myself included, have been really lucky when we have suffered concussions. I, I've suffered five in my career. It's five too many, really. But I've been really fortunate that on every single one I've had touch wood, 
so far, I've never had what you'd call a severe one. The longest one has kept me out is two weeks. So I've been really, really lucky with my concussions not being too severe. They're still a bleed of the brain. I've still had memory loss. I've still lost consciousness. Like they're not to be laughed at, even when they're in their most minor form. But I've seen players have to retire from concussion. I've seen players change. What A player I played with in the academy at Leicester, a very good friend of mine, his whole personality is, he's not the same person that he was before he had his concussion. He had a severe one that kept him out for six months and there are little bits of that man that are not the same now because of, because of it. So I like that we don't downplay them. I like that Adam Cole is talking about how severe they are because even if that means one person in their real day-to-day life treats themselves or someone they love or know or a friend with getting a concussion more seriously, then wrestling is doing a good job on that. And if you read Britt Baker's tweets as well about it, it sounds like they had a horrendous time. It sounds like it's been an absolutely hideous one. And I'm so happy that he's back and that they will have made sure with all the doctors they have looking after them and the physicians that he will have the correct tests done to know that he is healthy and safe to come back. And because he is, he gets to do what he loves. And I'm thinking, you know what? We got MJF Danielson in an Ironman match. You've got to think that MJF comes through that with a title and comes through a better man. But do I want to see Adam Cole against MJF? Of course I do. Take my money for that. That's going to be fantastic. And that's probably where I would go next. Another feud that was sort of based around concussions. We saw end John Moxley and hangman Adam Page was great. They just lariated the crap out of each other. And we saw the end of uh, the elite death triangle series in that ladder match as well. Yeah, it was a really, really strong dynamite. Um, Mox and Page put on a great match, as I think we all knew they would. Uh, We built nicely to the um, Danielson MJF. That's still rumbling along. Elite, I... I can't say I'm sorry to see the end of the Elite and the Death Triangle Series 7. Like, they've been brilliant matches, but there's just... You know when more isn't more? Yeah. I think that's been that. And it's a really rubbish complaint from me because it's been seven unbelievable matches with six incredible men. But I could have done it in just a one-off match, I think. Yeah, or, or I've never been the biggest best of seven guy. In fact, we said this, didn't we, when we when they first announced this, I think, and we were talking about the Cesaro... Uh, who does Cesaro face at the bar? Seamus. Seamus one. It's not for me. I mean, they put their bodies on the line, but I, I'm glad that's done. Intrigued where they go next. My favourite thing on AEW Dynamite, in a really strong Dynamite, Jungle Hook. I love it for the name, and I love it for hook suplexing Big Bill. I'm a sucker for small lad, big lad, small lad throws a big lad. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really nice. Jungle Hook's a great name. And... Yeah. um Big week for your boy. The hook? Yeah. Why's that? What have I missed? He won, he won Rookie of the Year. You didn't miss it. You shared it on your story. Oh, that was just for the picture. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, he won Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I didn't even know. No, but all right. <laughs> That's just for the picture. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, you're meant to be a wrestling journalist, man. I'm both. I'm now. Here, okay. <laughs> so let's get into this. I've seen a little bit of this. I am a big hook fan. Is there any world in which hook is Rookie of the Year over Logan Paul. Now, I know it was voted for by people, but I saw uh, Hurricane Helms tweet out, sorry, gotta be honest, Logan Paul's a Rookie of the Year, and I thought that's a good shout, you know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Hook has done more. He's wrestled more and done more consistently. He's had more matches. He's achieved more. He's got about all that. Logan Paul has come from literally nothing and put on three or four unbelievable matches for a genuine out-and-out rookie and is 
in his first year of wrestling full stop. So, yeah, probably should have gone to Logan Paul, but I'm not sure he'll lose much sleep over it. Right, let's talk about WWE. Two really solid episodes of Raw and SmackDown since we were last with you. We know we'll be getting Kevin Owens renewing his rivalry with Sami Zayn and so much more good stuff on a stacked SmackDown, including Gunter versus Braun Strowman, which is going to bang. WWE, boardroom drama aside, nice little role it's on at the moment, Charlie. Heating up going into Rumble season. Yeah, really, really, really good. Um, SmackDown and Raw, both brilliant. The... They're just the, the Romans jealous of Sammy, but Roman doesn't lose. We saw Roman tell Sammy off yes, in yes. front of everyone. It's not good for Mr. Zane, is it? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm just so nervous for Sammy. Um, yeah, it's, it's just you, you said the word though, there. Sorry to interrupt. You said the word nervous for Sammy. Isn't that how we feel every time those two are on screen? I tell you what's got me like this as well is the last time I felt like this was when you knew Jericho and KO were going to implode and I didn't see it coming at the Festival of Friendship. So I'm just like now, ah, when am I not going to see it coming? It's just, I went back and watched that promo. Firstly, Roman, Rome, every week I know, but Roman Reigns, the way he is carrying himself, going, oh, no, I, I don't lose. You lost. you And this cool tribal chief, who can get past everyone, has Sami Zayn under his skin. He feels threatened. When have we seen that story before where an alpha male is threatened by, with all respect to Sami, who could batter me to next week? He's not an alpha male in the sense that Roman is, but Roman is jealous. How good is that? Yeah, it's so clever. It's not something we've seen before. It's just, oh, and Heyman's just dropping his little bits in there. I enjoy the kind of, They've kind of separated the Usos and Solo out from it a little bit now as well. Yeah. So they got sent to Raw by themselves. We're not seeing them interact with Sammy that much. It's all Roman and Sammy. And it's just, yeah, it, it's so very, very good. And we get what we know will just be fantastic. Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn on SmackDown with a different sort of story behind it. It's a weird one where Kevin Owens is almost looking to batter Sammy to, to, to sense, to common sense. He wants him to see what's going on here. Is that when he said um, this week, he said, Sammy, when you get your balls back out of Roman's pocket, pocket, I'll see you then. Something like that. I was like, Kevin wants Sammy back. He wants his friend back. And uh, what will be brilliant tonight will be, make sure you listen to the mic, because Kevin will say some brilliant things to Sammy during this match, I'm sure. Yeah. He'll like, be slapping him in the corner, just saying ridiculous things. To it. It's going to be, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be great. What I loved as well in that segment was when Roman uh, accepted the challenge of Kevin Owens for the Rumble. He was sort of just like, yeah, sure, fine. I'll fight you. I just want you gone. I want Go you. away. Yeah. Tell you what, is it fascinating as well? I think I'm correct in saying this. In Roman's whole two and a bit year reign now, mm. Kevin Owens is the first repeat challenger. Well, they have... Apart from, apart from Brock, sorry. Yeah. The first one to go away for a while and come back in. Brock was always kind of there consistently. Yeah, but it's it'll be three years of Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns at the Rumble. I think I'm right in saying, because we had the Thunderdome 
match, which yeah. is the last man standing where it went wrong. I think we had a, a Roman one as well, where it was Jericho was suspended in a shark cage. It might be three years consecutively, but it's three years of Roman challenging uh, Kevin challenging Roman at the Rumble. Yeah, they, they, they've got the a Rumble. very underrated rivalry. I saw someone online uh, on Saturday tweet, ah, well, they've given Kevin the death spot because the title's never changed hands at the Rumble. And Alex McCarthy just replied with four off the top of his head um, examples, including last year when Bobby Lashley beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He was like, he was like, I don't want to call you an idiot, but this is just very, very wrong. And also, it's not what it's about. You're not in the death spot. If you're feuding with Roman Reigns, you are in one of the prime spots in that company. The death spot is ridiculous. So that's going to bang. That's going to be great. And as if that wasn't good enough, Gunter versus Braun Strowman for the IC title. Now, Braun's been a little under the radar since he's come back. He's not been at quite the same level he was at the height of his popularity. But good spot for him. That's going to be off the Richter scale. I'm going to quote one of our favorite men in the world. Our Lord and Saviour, Big E. God. Big, big, sweaty men slapping meat. Yeah. That's what that's going to be. That will be 10 minutes of just carnage. Someone will go through a barricade. 100%. Yep. 100%. Yep. That, you can um, see that spear spot now. Yeah. You can literally see that play. If it was the main event, yep. I would say they do the classic superplex ring collapses spot. Well. If it's the main event... That's if it a goes, great shout, yeah. If it goes on last, I could see a superplex with a ring collapsing. And I won't lie, I'm a sucker for that spot. It gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's coming when you see two men of about 400. And I'm like, yes, collapse the ring. I I would love to see that. I think we're so focused on Roman Reigns' uh, IC title. Uh, Universal title reign uh, as as the main belt. So the little under the radar is Gunter and what he's done for the IC title. I think he has done really great work with elevating that. Tell you what I like as well is he's on an undefeated streak on the main roster. Yeah. But we don't talk about it because it's a poison chalice having an undefeated streak. I don't want anyone to start saying, oh, he's never lost because then it becomes a thing. Just let him keep winning. But what I um what I go back to is Vince McMahon knew what he was doing. Vince, what, you know, no, I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have this. No? Are you sure? I will call him Gunther, but I don't understand why we had to change it from Walter. Because he can. Because he's a, he's a big beast but, of the woods. But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand yeah. why we changed it. And I just think we rob ourselves of being able to, when we do promo packages about Gunther, talk about his NXT UK title reign, talk about what he did on the Indies, because they'll do that now. Because mm. he had a different name there. So we, we've robbed ourselves, I think, of that history to re- to look back on. So because wrestling is so topsy-turvy at the moment, I have seen a few people suggest the following. Vince McMahon comes back, which he's done. That's tick one. Vince McMahon sells the company to the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. That's tick two, which could happen. Who didn't go to Saudi Arabia for the Saudi shows quite prominently because of his political views? Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn quits WWE over the sale to the Saudis and that two years of storytelling goes up in smoke. You can't rule that out. No, I think they'd find a number of um, talent having issues with that sale. I think Sammy didn't go, did he? I don't think Kevin went. I think, I don't think am I right Cena went. That? I don't think Cena went. Like, whew. I think 
yeah, I think you'd lose some talent and you've got to have huge respect to these guys if they'd be willing to do that. Um, I I don't think it will get sold to Saudi, the Saudi Arabians because of the public storm it would be, but money talks. So, And if you're we'll going see. private, you don't need to worry about... I mean, you need to worry to a degree, but it's not like you've got a stock price. If... if it's a finance deal where they say, we're going to chip in, Vince, you're going to chip yeah. in, we're going to take it off the stock market. Oh, it just is also fascinating. Here is something I hope that has nothing to do with whatever's going on backstage at WWE that is just fun. Prison Dominic Mysterio. I think for a 12-month turnaround in characters in wrestling, Dominic Mysterio is sort of up there with the greatest change we've seen. And Prison Dom, fabulous. I didn't know I needed prison dom, but <laughs> oh, I, oh, I didn't know. You know, all I want, everyone everyone here knows what an office fan I am. <laughs> Go and give Steve Carell as much money as he needs to just do one three-minute segment of prison Mike and prison dom talking about prison. I, I think that WWE's creative team deserve a huge round of applause for taking a dead-in-the-water judgment day stable and said what are we going to do to spice this up let's send dominic mysterio to prison let's put dominic mysterio with judgment day let's make Rhea his dominating mammy let's do that and it is just they've caught lightning in a bottle some demented mind in wwe deserves a big pat on the back for this yeah it's it's been brilliant and it's not something i thought i'd be interested in but i am and they are booking Rhea ripley to the moon at the moment she's got to be i know we're going to do it later She's got to be favourite for the Women's Rumble, I think. She's showing that range as well. It went because it went on over Christmas while we were off. That segment that kicked this off, where Dom got arrested and Rhea was sort of slamming the tarmac in the street, going, "You can't do this to me." I thought, okay, it's comedy, but it, it, I'm invested in her. It's just great. Yeah, it's such such good content, and it's very enjoyable. And, Wrestling doesn't always have to be in the ring. Wrestling can be fun. It can be silly. It can be... We're seeing a bit of everything. We're seeing serious. We're seeing silly. We're seeing, it's a good time to watch Raw and SmackDown at the moment. It is a great time to watch. It really is. And if you were someone who just consumes wrestling just watching the TV shows, you'd be absolutely spoiled. Now, the Royal Rumble poster came out and was tweeted by BT Sport with the words electrifying in the caption. Who is the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment? It is one Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has been hinted at as a potential main event with Roman Reigns. Why? It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Charlie, how excited were you when you saw that poster? Yeah, I said it to you, didn't I? I was like, look at this, Jack. But they're, they're cheeky little buggers, those guys over at BT Sports. <laughs> they don't for a second think they don't know what they're doing with that. No. And they could have they could have just thought, ah, let's do it. There's a bit of electricity. I'm just looking at the poster now. There's a bit of electricity on the poster. Let's use the word electrifying in capital letters and send all of wrestling Twitter into meltdown. Okay, let's fantasy booking hat on here. If you are someone who's got the rock signed to a contract, let's say WWE signed, sealed, delivered, you got it. Does he come back and win the Rumble? Does he come back after the Rumble? What do you do? How do you make it happen? Or does it not matter because it's the rock? So if we had the title split and we had a WWE champion and universal champion, I wouldn't have him win the Rumble. I'd have him come back and just challenge Roman for the head of the table. The story's there. The story is there. 
We only have one champ, and the Rumble winner has to face them at Mania. That's them's the rules. Well, money in the bank, you know. Maybe them's aren't the rules. Oh, what? You'll challenge the. Challenge <laughs> I've won the Rumble, and I'm going to challenge Austin Theory on velocity. So, I, uh, unless you do the thing that's being rumored of, Roman has to defend it on both nights. Yeah. By the way, if I was Roman, I'd be a bit like, um, "Why? That's not how it works." So, do I want The Rock? Do I want The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'd rather have Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. And that is bonkers to say, but I genuinely would. If you've got The Rock coming back and you're paying him the gazillions of dollars it would take, he's only coming back for one thing, and that is to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. If that is where you're going, yeah, have him win the Rumble. Have him win it. There's only one thing worse, and just hear me out when I use that word worse, than The Rock coming back and winning the Royal Rumble. And that is The Rock not coming back and winning the Royal Rumble, but everyone thinking he is. So, so yeah, that, that's I was just, the problem. I was just about to say this. When that number 30, three, yeah. two, one, eh, goes, even if it's Cody's music hits. Yeah. That moment will now be lost because we are all expecting if you smell and if we don't get that, we're going to have an issue. And that's that's where they got to be careful. I mean, because we sort of saw it on Dynamite with the, <clears throat> hey, Soraya has got a mystery partner. You can bank on it. Oh, but it's not Mercedes Monet. No, we don't know where you got that idea from. you got to be careful. I mean, if you're Cody and The Rock is in that rumble, you don't want to be in it. Like you don't want to be anyone. He's he's front and center on that uh, poster. And Cody. some of the stuff on Raw has been amazing with those videos mm. building him back up and exactly what they need to do. Um, it is only a couple of weeks away. Saturday, the twenty eighth of January. It's a Saturday. 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 Just for you, it's a Saturday Rumble. Uh, speaking as we are now, who are your favorites for each one? Rhea for the women's. Yeah, I'd agree. The Rock or Cody for the men's. I uh, can't give, give give me one. Who's it going to be? All right, The Rock. The Rock's going to win it. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with you for Rhea Ripley for the women's. I think she's going to be great, and I think she should take the title from Bianca Belair at um WrestleMania. And I'm going to say Sami Zayn wins the men's rumble, although he's not entered in it yet. Although, what's that matter? He can just say. I've entered in the Rumble. And yeah, then... how I would like to know how qualification for the Rumble works because sometimes we have qualification match. Some people have to have matches. Yeah. And those people have to be like, uh, other people just declare. Imagine if that was the way your sport in life worked. Imagine if you were just like, I'm declaring myself for the first 15. And then everyone else was just like, uh, do we have to come to training still? Like, yeah, you have to train and prove it. But Charlie's just declared himself. I, I, I've declared that I'm going to be in. Yeah, you do it in a promo as well, like on a big screen. Just yeah. really lord it. While up. they're training, bang, it comes on. There's like the side of the clubhouse. Let's go off, and there you are, guys. I'm not there tonight, but I'm declaring that I'm starting this weekend. Oh wait, you're not even in the arena for no, it. No, 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 no. I'm just on the screen. 
<laughs> okay. Um, look, one thing I do want to mention very quickly, we don't do much Impact Wrestling, but I think I'm right in saying they've got a big pay-per-view uh, with Bully Ray against Josh Alexander uh, tonight as we record Hard to Kill. And Impact, low-key, has been doing some good stuff. It's quite hard to watch if you're used to big arena stuff because they are in a small soundstage, but Bully Ray has been doing good stuff. And if you want some just good, solid wrestling, check it out on YouTube. Right. Everyone's favorite part of the pod, earning the push back to developmental, something from everyday life we love, something we hate. One gets pushed to the moon, one gets sent back to developmental, first or second? I'll go second this week because I've gone first the last few weeks. Okay, mine are nice and simple. Uh, Earning the push, swimming. I've started swimming again. I hate it. Hate it so much. Oh my God, I hate swimming. Why? Jack, there aren't many things I'm worse at in life than swimming. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I it's one of the few sporting things that I'm pretty good at. Sorry, I, I'll let you I'll let you talk about why you love it, and I'll explain my issues. Okay, well that's it. I just I'm I'm I've started swimming. I'm quite good at it again. Um, I can easily bash out a kilometer, and it doesn't bother me. And it's dead dead simple. So, so and I so race people without them knowing. This is what swimmers secretly do. They get in the fast lane and they think, yeah. I'm going to catch you and you do it and everyone does it and no one pretends they do it. Everyone's like, oh no, you go first. But secretly we're all timing off each other. And when you pass that person, it's amazing. So I do all the right things to swimming. My technique is flawless. It just doesn't work. And here's what I learned. That's a big claim. (laughs) My technique is flawless. I'm like Phelps. Um, Here's what I learned. So, you know, you know, everyone floats, like human beings float. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't float. And when I was at Gloucester, we went for uh, a thing called a DEXA scan. It's like a really in-depth scan. It scans your body and it says how much muscle you've got, how much fat you've got, and it gives you your bone density. Ah. So the classic, I'm big boned. A norm, an average human being's bone density, the one was telling me this, is between zero and one, Okay. Yeah. An average one for a rugby player is between two and three because she said a lot of the time it touch wood, having more dense bones means you don't get injured as much. So have the ones who excel are the ones who don't get injured, they normally have the denser bones. Uh, counteract that, elite swimmers are normally under zero because they have less dense bones, they float better, they move through the water more. Yeah. How My bones zero, that means you knock any bones at all. Yeah, the structure, the the, the scoring structure was okay. weird. But let's go. Normal is zero to one. Average rugby player, two to three. My bone density was 7.4. <laughs> Only beaten by one member of our squad. Where the woman said, I don't know how you play sport with bones that dense. He had 11. <laughs> I mean, do you find it inhibits you in everyday life? Do you find you can't get off sofas? Uh, well, that's just, there's a number of reasons why I can't do that. Okay. But yeah, so swimming, so I, I then was like, ah, maybe that's why I sink. And she's like, yeah, that's why you'll sink. Well, that must feel good to know that you've got a reason why you have rubbish. Yeah, but I just, I, I hate swimming. I hate so, it so, so much. So maybe you can sympathize because uh, earning the push is swimming. Uh, back to the developmental is running. I hate running. I've been signed up to a 10K. And uh, what what I hate about it is not so much the running, which I do hate. I hate the people telling me, you'll love it once you get into it. These running evangelicals who try and convince you that everything you hate about running, you secretly love, and they will not stop. I just want people to go, you hate it, but you do it so you don't get fat. That's fine. Yeah, I so I have a job that I run a lot for. I yeah. hate every single step I take. Yeah. Every single one. I have two of my oldest friends. Um, they're identical twins. There's a fun fact. Girls I went to school with when from the age of four. They're unbelievable runners. They just they they will just do a marathon on a Sunday for fun. Yeah. Uh, the other Sunday I was chatting to them. 
uh, and one of them did a marathon and she said, I tapped out at 26 miles, but the other one did 42 miles just for fun on a Sunday. And it pisses me off how they don't even look sweaty. I, it's really- I'm like, if I did that, I'd melt. I, I am exactly with you. And it's when people say, oh, you just get into the swing of it. And I'm glad because you are a professional athlete. You could not be any more into the swing of sport and you hate it as well. So look, that, that's mine. What are yours? Uh, earning the push is it's a broader one made more narrow. Musical theatre. I'm a huge musical theatre fan. I love yes. it. It's not a well-known fact about me. Uh, I remember first listening to the soundtrack of Hamilton in 20, late 2017 and immediately falling in love with it and became obsessed. And five and a bit years later this weekend, my better half uh, took me to see Hamilton for my birthday. And wow. it was incredible. We went to the West End, the Victoria Palace Theatre, which is such a cool theatre, really old, really cool. And it was just phenomenal. And so all of musical theatre gets the push for me because I think it's brilliant. Those performers yeah. are, they are athletes, they are performers, they're all those things. But particularly uh, the current West End performance of Hamilton is just a masterpiece. Oh, mate. was it hard not to sing? Uh, yes, I've been told off before because I've seen Les Mis like 12 times. I've been brought up on Les Mis. My mum's a huge Les Mis fan. Yeah. And I've been told off by my mum actually for singing. She's like, Charlie, no one's here to listen to you sing because there's something else I'm not good at, singing. So, um, yes, I went to Hairspray once and it was uh, in Oxford, a theatre in Oxford, and quite a few of the uh, audience had been on the Proseccos. And by the time it got to You Can't Stop the Beat at the end, there was no, you really couldn't stop the beat. They they were up in the stalls. And I think the, the cast were just like, yeah, let's go for it. We're done for the day. Let's have them enjoy it. Different sort of show to Hamilton, though. You yes. Get with it. So if you, Blood Brothers, obviously written by Willie Russell, based in Liverpool, Willie Russell, yeah. proud scouser. If you see it in Liverpool, which I have multiple times, it's a bit like a panto. <laughs> it's very different in Liverpool. They People heckle and like shout. It's very weird. Okay, so uh, a rightful push for musical theatre and particularly Hamilton uh, and seeing it live and the experience of it. What's going back to developmental? People who, and I've had to deal with this this week in some of my work, I won't name names, obviously. People who put their opinion forward to you but don't say it as their opinion. They'd be like, oh, well, a few of us have been thinking. It's like, no, 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 no. You think that. So be brave enough to stand there and tell me it's you who thinks that. Don't hide behind being a white knight for the rest of the staff. It's <laughs> you, and I know it's you because it's the fourth time you've said this to me. So just embrace that it's you. Yeah. Um. There's a sense in the room. I don't know. I don't know what you think about this. You know, I've just I've just picked up from a few people. No, it is I, the amount of times I hear that. I'm 100% with you. Honestly, it's like um, a few of us are just a little bit confused. No, you are. So say that. But do they always also um, then have at the end? But, you know, if, if you want to do it that way, that's cool. You know, we yeah, just don't, don't then. Yeah, don't then placate it and be like, oh, but I'm happy if you want to. Tell me you disagree with me. Yeah. This has really been on your wick for a while. This has been a problem. Yeah, I've had to deal with this for a while. And then I had two separate occasions from two different people this week. And I was like, ah, I know what I'll do with this. I'll go on my wrestling podcast and rant about it. And that's if you're listening, which they won't be, and you think it's about you, it probably is. It probably is. Or if it's not and it applies to you, don't do it. That's the main thing. Uh, Look, we'll wrap it up. Final quick question. Uh, Who's coming out of that icy title match tonight on SmackDown with the belt? Is Gunter retaining? Is it time for Braun Strowman? 
No, I think Gunter's coming out, but I would I could see some shenanigans yes. from uh, Ludwig. Yes, I could see that. I really want Gunter to have a good run in the Rumble as well. I know yes. he's the ice, yes. but give me him in the last four. I think it's going to be great. Right, on that, we're going to wrap it up. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get this podcast from. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley, and we are all out of time. Until next time, bye-bye.